Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message.
introduction, we read a scripture from 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 25 and 28. We're going to put it up and read it again. It says, in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem. He carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including all the gold shields that Solomon had made. And so King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them and assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance of the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the Lord's temple, the guards bore the shields and afterwards they returned them to the guard room. I want to give you a very brief synopsis of what we shared last week. And it's the fact that after about 450 years, the Egyptians wanted to avenge the embarrassment of defeat that they experienced at the hands of the Israelites. And so they decided to attack and in the process attempt to humiliate the Israelites because they had been humiliated in turn. They wanted to take away their freedom and their riches. And so uh, you know, the, the, the king of Egypt attacked. And, you know, thankfully, I will say thankfully for the, the Israelites, what happened is that God was gracious to them. And, and there was a time when they went to God and they repented for their action. They repented for their sin. And as a result, God, God relented, but he did not let them off the hook completely. How many of us know that sometimes we pay consequences for our sin, even when God forgives? There are consequences that we pay regardless of his grace and his mercy toward us. Thank God that he is gracious and merciful. But the king of Egypt, Shishak, he removed these 500, there were 500 gold shields in the temple. 300 were smaller, 200 of them were larger size shields. And I mentioned to you last week that uh, the, the modern value of these shields would have approximately accounted for about $33 million today. They were gold, solid, massive gold shields. Now, Rehoboam's choice or choices were not correct at that point. He decided that the way to do what he needed to do was to replace the gold shields that had been taken away with bronze shields. And Rehoboam's choices must serve to us as an example and as a lesson that working to keep up appearances produces wrong choices. You see, we simply cannot replace God's standards with second best. We can't replace God's gold standards with bronze standards. And you know what? Like somebody said at prayer this past Wednesday, you can shine bronze very strongly and powerfully. And eventually, it, you may get that sheen, that shine. It almost looks like gold, but bronze is a cheap imitation. I mentioned to you last week that 
in Israel during the time of King Solomon, the silver was as popular and as plentiful as stone. Think about that for a moment. And so there were incredible amounts of riches. Now, Last week, I talked to you about reclaiming the two gold shields of one holiness. Reclaiming the gold shields of holiness and consecration and commitment to God. And then the next uh, shield that we talked about was reclaiming the gold shield of authentic relationship and authentic community. Today, I want to mention one additional gold shield. And that is the gold shield of praise and worship and Bible teaching. Praise and worship and Bible teaching. There's a strong temptation, friends, to replace powerful worship and praise with hype, with smoke machines, flawless production, all of that to appeal to our senses, but not the heart. Not the heart. Some believers simply crave, I mean, some people crave the applause of men rather than the applause of heaven, but it must not be that way. Whatever the reason for their need to receive the applause of humans, I don't know what that might be, but it does not align with God's purposes and God's intention for us. Now, in some cases, I think we're trying to convince this generation that is very focused on externals that, you know what, the church is still cool. You can come to church and experience some cool stuff. You know, we got some cool lights and we, you know, we take out the band out kind of like in semicircle and we can be cool, you know. But that's not our calling. That's not what God has called us to. Now, Let me say this, that I am all for excellence. I believe in excellence. And you know what? As a team, our desire is to offer God and you our very best. You know, our creative team expresses their talent and their giftings and their abilities by doing what God has called them to do. Just like they do in worship and, and, and playing an instrument or uh, the hospitality team does in, 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 in being welcoming and loving. Or there's all aspects of everything that we do is aimed at giving God our very best, our excellence. We're committed to that. But let me just say this, that we will not compromise we will not dilute our standard of of commitment to praise and worship and the presence of God by just offering the props, the frills that get you a thrill. Can I hear somebody say, yeah, thank God. We're committed to giving something that goes beyond the presentation. We're committed to the presence of God. We're committed to worshiping God wholeheartedly. Now, if during worship you are not in awe and wonder of the presence and the glory of God in your heart, may I just say this, that your heart is not fully his. If there's a disconnect, there's a part of your heart 
that needs to become God's. God has to be number one in our lives. There cannot be any other contenders. And yet we so easily replace, oftentimes we so easily replace heart devotion with sporadic Sunday church attendance, giving God a tip on Sunday as if God is impressed, impressed with our doing to appease our consciences mostly. And then we go home and oftentimes unchanged. Now friends, my calling as your leader is not to give you comfort, make you feel good, right? I mean, I'm going to preach the truth. And sometimes the truth is uncomfortable. My goal for, for you and for me is for God to change us, transform us, so that our desires become his desires. That we give God full-time devotion, not part-time devotion. Are you with me this morning? God wants all of our hearts, not just some part of our heart. Worship, friends, is more than just singing a song and good music. And can I tell you, these guys prepare. You may not, yeah, you can go ahead and clap. They do. They're re really, really committed. I know it because I see Davy during the week. Starting Monday, is thinking of next Sunday, right? And the, the, the production and putting things together and thinking through the songs and the worship elements and all of the stuff that we want to give because we do believe that that is important. But you know what? It's more than just music and it's more than just words. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of love and affection to Jesus. And you know, if Jesus is not our first love, then worship and the word will take a backseat to our human preferences. I want to say that again because we that's got to sink into our spirits. That if Jesus is not our first love, worship and the word will take a backseat to our human preferences. You say, what do you mean? Like, well, I don't like that music. You know, I don't like it when... They're singing that song. It's just, you know, some things are not in the Bible in that song, you know, or it's too loud or it's too soft. You know what we're doing when we do that? I mean, some of those reasons may be even plausible, but can I just tell you what we're doing that? We are nitpicking and missing a blessing from the Lord. We're missing the opportunity to encounter Jesus right at that moment. Put aside your preferences I'm going to put aside my preferences because meeting with him during this time is more important than anything else. Hmm. Jesus told the Samaritan woman these powerful words. He said, the time has come. And can I tell you, the time has come. It is here now. The time has come that for all that worship the Father, our Heavenly Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that means that we worship Him in spirit, in the spirit. That means that the spirit part of us has to take the forefront. That's the spirit part of us has to be the main connecting point to God's presence now you're saying, what does that mean? You know, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, our emotions are dead, right? No, it doesn't. 
It doesn't. The emotions, the soul, the body part of us need to follow suit right after the spirit. We connect to God with our spirit. And then our emotions and our bodies, our expressions, right? They all fall in line because our spirit is in line with God first and foremost. When your spirit is bursting with desire to worship the Father, nothing gets in the way. Nothing should get in our way. No circumstances, no difficulty that we are facing. Because you know what? It is exactly during those times that the enemy will try to come and he will try to whisper and try to silence us and silence our worship of God because he knows that if he can do that, he's got us. He's got us. The enemy will be defeated. And the way that he is defeated, it is through our praise and worship of God. You know, today, as we worship, and shortly we're going to worship again, and that's why these guys are here. When we worship, let your spirit rise to new heights with God. Don't settle. Hence the subtitle. Refuse to settle and let your soul and your body follow along with the purposes and intents of your spirit. Raise your hands. It's okay. The Bible says to lift up holy hands with a wrath or judgment. We can do that because God knows where we're at. Dance if you want to. Kneel if you want to. Sit down if you want to. Do what God impresses on your heart to do, all in worship to him. Remember when King Jehoshaphat was surrounded by a mighty army? I mean, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 is a chapter to read. And I invite you to read the, the, the entire thing after uh, today when you go home. But verse 21 impresses me because it, look, let's look at what he says. He said, after consulting with the people, after letting them know what God had told them, Jehoshaphat appointed men, mighty men of war, soldiers that were ready to go to battle. Wow. He appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for his splendor and his holiness. And they went out at the, at the head of the army. They were the launch pad of that army. He thought, you know what? God said that worship is going to go first. Well, you know what? Let's send those guys first. Can you imagine if you go to war and all of a sudden <laughs> the singers come out? With tambourines and dancing. It's almost illogical, right? Today is July, what, 2nd? And this is July 4th weekend. We're thankful for our country. How many of you have served in the one of the armed forces? Would you stand up? Would you please? Yeah. Thank you all for your service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, look at me, you five or six. Can you imagine if when they 
give you an AR-15 or AR-4, whatever they give you. No, not an AR, sorry. An M-16 or an M-4. They send you out and they say, well, you know what? Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, don't use that today. Just start singing. It is absolutely, insanely illogical. But what is illogical to man is completely logical to God because he told them, here's what they have to say. When you go out, tell them, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Woo! Give thanks to the Lord for his love. What? <laughs> they won a battle that day on the backs of singers. Never been done before. Friends, praise and worship is the greatest weapon that we have at our disposal to defeat the works of the enemy in our lives. You can defeat the works of the enemy in your life when in the midst of confusion, in the midst of struggles and situations, you praise him. Praise him. Don't settle. Praise him. Circumstances, yes, they can overwhelm us. And they're real. All of them are hard and real. I'm not undermining the circumstances of life. But can I tell you this? God is greater. God is stronger. And when we worship him, this is the weapon that we use to defeat the enemy, our worship. When we come together as a church, corporately as we are doing today, this can become instantly an army, a powerful army to defeat the things that the enemy is purposing, first of all, against our church, second, against your family, third, against you individually, and against everyone that we know. We are a powerful, powerful army of the Lord when we worship. And I tell you what we do when we worship together in unity we put the enemy in his rightful place. And you know where that is? Where's his rightful place? Come on. Where is rightful place? Under our feet. Under our feet. He's defeated. Let me just give you one more thing. It is also important that we reclaim the gold shield of biblical, biblical anointed teaching. Now, let me say this, that getting fed a well-crafted, intellectually stimulating sermon that agrees with my idea of Christianity and pleases my senses and pleases our senses, it mainly will appeal to our intellect. And part of that is okay, but that's only part of the equation. We need anointed teaching and preaching that's soaked in prayer. We must develop a love for the truth of the Word of God. And that is why, man, I tell you, we have got to love God, love His Word, give our devotion for God that, that, that will absolutely transcend our human preferences again, but try, go into the heart of the matter, which is in His Word. Friends, if we don't love the truth of the Word of God, our love and devotion for God will be inconsistent at best, and other loves will take its place. Let me show you a verse in 2 Timothy 4.3. It says this, 
for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. I want to let that sink in for a minute. Are we living in that day? Are we living in such day? Absolutely we are. This is a reality today. First of all, let me say that ignorance of God's word is absolutely incredibly prevalent and it's a shame. If you are a lover of Jesus, you've got to be in his word. Because you know what? I'm a man. And if I stand here and I say something that is not biblical and is not truthful, according to the principles that God has already outlined in his word, you have a responsibility before God not to take everything that I'm telling you. Match it against the word of God. But don't just let your preferences dictate how you feel because it's hard for you to swallow some things and it's hard for me to swallow some things we have got to be biblical believers in the word ignorance of the word of god and just wanting to hear what we want to hear to agree with my ideas or your idea or their idea is just not good enough I was shocked this week as I saw that some churches now are turning to AI to preach them a message. And I mean, and I mean, I'm not talking about a man standing reading some message from chat GPT or whatever AI program you use. I'm talking about the AI projecting an image on screen and just preaching a message without a pastor. Can you put that verse back up again, please? That's where we're at. That's what's happening. Churches, believers are gathering unto themselves teachers that will just give them what their itching ears want to receive. Oh, well, don't, let's not talk about the truth because that's not, that, that's just, that's, you know, that's just hard. Your Christians are so hard. They're so judgmental. That's why every Christian is, is condemned in today's culture in so many ways. They have just all those pretty names all aligned for us, right? You're this and that and the other. Da, 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 da. No, we're biblical. Are you with me this morning? No, we're, we're, we're trying to follow what the Bible says. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but you're going to have to take it up with God. You ain't ready for this today. Friends, I want to promise you this, that whoever stands behind this pulpit, 
will preach the word of God, the unadulterated word of God, the unchanged word of God. And I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit to change and transform lives. And you know what? It's up to us to accept it and live by it. We're doing what we can. That's why if for some reason somebody is going to stand here and say something that is not biblical, whether it's me or somebody, if it's somebody else, they're going to hear it from me or from Jim or from Sam. We're going to get together and say, you know what? That one, right? And we have overseers that understand the precepts of the Word of God, and we challenge each other to that extent because we want to be a biblical community of believers. We must never replace authentic preaching, anointed preaching for some AI shined up brass or bronze shield to replace it. One of our core values here is word and spirit. We're anchored in the word while being free in the Holy Spirit. We must never replace, friends, authentic praise and worship and anointed biblical preaching and teaching with bronze shields of imitation and counterfeit. So today, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to worship again. And we're going to apply, put into practice this incredible element of praise and worship of God. We've already worshiped and it's been sweet, but we're going to go into the next level. And I want us to just really do what some of the things that I shared with you. If you feel like, you know, God is moving to, for you to, to go and share with somebody and speak to someone and speak life over them prophetically, Go ahead and do it. Go there, pray with them, bless them, speak to them. If you feel like God is uh, causing you, prompting you, wanting you to, to get on your knees and, and worship him that way, go ahead and do it. Don't l let anybody, don't let the opinions of men sway you into not doing what God is calling you to do. And also, if you feel like standing, kneeling, coming to the altars, whatever it is, do it. Be obedient today. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.